Welcome to Friends and Fiction, four New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry are four longtime friends with more than 70 published books between them. Together, they host Friends and Fiction with author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing to highlight and support independent bookstores. They discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for the happiest hour on the internet, Friends and Fiction. Welcome to our show as we meet Zibby Owens, um, and we have a very special surprise guest that's going to be popping in first that we can't wait to introduce you to. Um, we have so much to look forward to tonight. I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey. I'm Patty Callahan-Henry. I'm Mary Kay Andrews. I'm Kristen Harmel. And this is Friends in Fiction, for New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories to support independent bookstores. So as you know, we continue to encourage you to support indie booksellers when and where you can. And one way we do that is to visit our own Friends in Fiction bookshop.org page. Bookshop.org page. <laughs> where you can slow it down, where you can find Zibby's book and our books and all of our past guest books. We have a whole, our own little virtual bookshop there at a discount. Of course, a portion of each sale through the Friends and Fiction Shop goes to support indie bookstores, and it also helps the show. So if you enjoy watching, this is a really great way to support our guests, independent bookstores, and the Friends and Fiction group itself, all in one fell swoop. So... We have some really exciting things tonight, but before we dive into our night, we need to celebrate with all of you because Christie's Christmas and Peachtree Bluff has hit the New York Times list, and we are so excited, and we are so proud, and we all love this book so much, and we watched her not only the day she decided to write it, but we watched her put her whole heart and her whole soul into it because Christy doesn't do anything just a little bit. Cheers, Christy. Cheers. We're so proud. Thank you. Well, thank you so much to the three of you, first of all, for all that you did to help this book and support it. And you put so much energy and love into it. And I'm so grateful to all of our friends and fiction viewers out there who bought this book and recommended it to friends and um, y'all are amazing and we love you. We loved seeing so many of you. We were all on the road together. Oh, it was so great. And, um, you're just so supportive and you made this happen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget buy her a book. Damn it. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? I'm just, I'm so proud of all three of you. You, um, you know, I, I slacked off, but you all wrote <laughs> you all wrote winter books this year. That's, I mean, definitely a slacker. Definitely and, a slacker. But no, you know what? It's really impressive. You've been touring them tirelessly. Um, you know, you found it within yourselves in a really busy time to write these books. I'm so proud of you, Christy. And I'm, I'm proud of all three of you. This is amazing. We're very happy for you. Thank all you. right. 
Speaking of things I am happy about that we are all happy about, before we introduce our guest, we want to take a moment to tell you about a fabulous new product we're launching in partnership with our friends at Oxford Exchange. So this branded friends and fiction reading journal, which is brand new. How beautiful is that? Can you see that? Oh my gosh. It's even prettier than the pictures. I'm telling you, we were at Oxford Exchange last week. We got to hold them in our hands. Oh, it's amazing. It has a amazing cover and pages to review all your books. There are even spaces in there to keep up with your DNF and TBR piles. And there are quotes from the friends and fiction uh, authors interspersed throughout. So um, it's a great holiday gift. It's a great gift for yourself if you if you're a big reader. Um, and you know, shout out to Christy for being the one who kind of put all that together and, yeah. and helped design it. And uh, you well, shout out to Oxford Exchange because oh, they, definitely. You know, we all kind of dreamt this up, and they made it come to life. It's so beautiful. You can't see it really so much on screen, but it has this beautiful linen cover. I mean, this is a really a nice notebook like it's something that i think we're all going to be really excited to get to use ourselves so it's so great and you know you can find more information about how to buy the journal on our friends and fiction website or you can go to oxford exchange and i am so excited about using this i have never been able to keep track of my (laughs) books except by putting them in piles around the house (laughs) So now I'm at least going to be able to try. I opened it today and the book I'm reading right now, I'm just going to write in there. You can even add a journal onto your season's greetings holiday box from Oxford Exchange, which includes Once Upon a Wardrobe, The Santa Suit, Christie's Christmas in Peachtree Bluff, and the option to add Kristen's The Forest of Vanishing Stars, if you haven't read it yet, which I cannot imagine. Well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm like tickled over here because I'm at my parents' house and all of a sudden the printer just started going and it's like printing all the stuff I was trying originally to print last night. And of course it went oh, that's and, and I'm so sorry. That's why I was laughing. But um, yes, we're so excited about the journal. It's going to be amazing. And it's a great holiday gift, I think, for anyone yeah. on your list who loves to read. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a big night of celebration around here because we have Another thing to celebrate, um, we're announcing our partnership with one of our favorite companies, one that none of our holidays can happen without, Butterball. Butterball. We're so excited. So we are so excited to introduce Carol from Butterball's famous turkey talk line. And we are going to be taking one of your turkey questions live in just a minute. So if you have any questions about Thanksgiving or holidays or prep or turkey, drop them in for Carol now because we'll be picking one in just a second. Um, And Sean, let's bring Carol on. Hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi. Carol, thank you so much for being with us. So the Butterball Turkey Talk Line is celebrating 40 years this year, right? Wow. It is. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely incredible. What a milestone. How long started, have you been part of this? And You know, the talk line started in 1981 and I started in 1984. In the beginning, wow. um, Butterball needed a new way to help their, their, their customers and toll-free numbers were just coming on and they thought, well, let's give it a try. So they had seven people in the test kitchens with little 
papers and pencils and some basic information and they just didn't know if anyone would call. Well, hello, it's 40 <laughs> years later. They've been calling. Um, we had people dancing in their kitchens because they had someone to call. It didn't cost money. They didn't have to check in with grandma or mother-in-law or anything to give them advice. They had turkey experts uh, to, to help them. So they were dancing. Now, 40 years later, people are still dancing with the information. We've gone from talking toll-free, one-on-one. We've gone all the way through websites, emails, social media, everyone you could think of. We're actually on TikTok this year. So <laughs> no, we're hey. dancing, you know, because they hey, TikTok. it on TikTok. Turkey TikTok. Turkey TikTok. Let's step it up. We need to step it's it up. We're on TikTok. We need to okay, Carol, you have you've been a major part of the Turkey Talk line and promoting it from everywhere, from major TV shows to radio and beyond. I'm supposed to ask you one question, but the first one I really want to ask is, um, how do you get on the Turkey Talk line? How did you, you know, end up on the Turkey yeah. Talk? You know, we're all food professionals. There's 50 of us. We're no longer seven. There's 50 of us. We're all food professionals. We have educators that have taught foods in, you know, junior high to culinary schools. We have chefs. We have dietitians. We have food scientists. Um, Just everyone that is a professional in foods. But they don't get away with just that. They have to go to Butterball University every year where they come into our test kitchens. And they each are assigned a particular method to cook their turkey. So we go through, you know, the Butterball method, cooking like your grandmother did in the the big uh, oven or the pan. We do it in the microwave. We do it in a confection oven. We just go on and on. And then they can see all the turkeys laid out and compare them. You know, who looks the best, who, how much juice is in each pan, so that when you call, they've got the facts, they've got it, they've seen it. So awesome. um, every freshman, junior, or sophomore and junior, the first three years, they go to Butterball U. Um, and this, <laughs> oh. year, this year, we've, we've taken our test kitchens, and we've turned them into the Butterball Turkey Turkey Talk Line um, Taste Kitchen. And so uh, back to the internet and to social media, um, we found that 83% of people are going online to get recipes. I don't know about Mm. you ladies, but people are. And you know what? They might not all be good. So our turkey experts have gone into the kitchen and we've we've been paying attention to the trends and what's going on. and, And we've done a taste testing and we're going to put our stamp of approval of the ones that we recommend that people use for their Thanksgiving meal. Wow. That's awesome. I think we did the wrong thing. We need to be in that butterball turkey test kitchen. Yeah. No. I wonder how we get in there. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity because Turkey Talk Line, I mean, you've been even been on the Stephen Colbert show. So what is the craziest question you've ever gotten on the you Turkey know, Talk Line? You know, um, one story that I tell all the time, and it's crazy, but it's also so sweet. And I can't, you know, this is my 37th year. So one of my very first years, I had a young man who was going to propose and he wanted to do it at the Thanksgiving meal. Oh. He said, could I put the ring in the stuffing? 
holes <laughs> in the turkey. And then when people, someone's going to find it and then I'll propose. I think you all know that wasn't a good idea. So we brainstormed <laughs> and we decided that taking the ring, tying on a drumstick, ring there a platter in with the turkey. Now, what the sweet thing is, is if she said yes, after these 30 years, I mean, they could have kids, they could have grandkids. And, you know, Thanksgiving yeah. is all about family and Friends that's and, awesome. And so that just warms my heart, though it was a that little bit of a Do not put an engagement ring in a turkey. No. Do you guys at home, don't try that. No. That is so sweet, though, Carol. I love that story. That that, that's like something that one of us should write. I love that. Um, You can can use it. You can use it. Thank you. (laughs) So there are. We definitely have some questions coming in from our audience. Great, great. And um, I was going to ask you, um, Brenda Gardner. She's one of our book club hosts. We love her, and she wants to know why is planning ahead important for Thanksgiving hosts. Well, you don't want to be standing in your kitchen on Thanksgiving morning with a turkey that is not thawed. You don't have a pan that oh my the God, that's me. your turkey will me. fit into. You need the meat thermometer. So really, you know, if you're going to buy a frozen turkey, think about it. It's so easy, you know, thawed easy right in the refrigerator so that you don't have any problems on Thanksgiving morning. One day for every four pounds of turkey, and then you, you're ready to go. It actually holds a little bit longer. You've got an extra three to four days once it's thawed out. So it's uh, it's not an emergency that you have to cook right away. Really? See, I didn't know that. I'm learning. This is great. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, Carol, thank you for being here with us tonight. We are so excited to celebrate 40 years of the Turkey Talk line with you. And we, we cannot wait to be working with Butterball these next couple months. And um, we will definitely all have a Butterball turkey at our Thanksgiving table. So uh, we I, will- yeah. I cannot tell a lie. I think I've read all of your books. Oh, oh that's awesome. Thanks, really, Carol. This is so exciting for me, too. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I mean, and Carol's been on Stephen Colbert, so if she can still get excited for us, that's I know. Yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Thanks for coming and joining us. That's awesome. Thanks. Have a good night. So now um, we have another incredible guest who is waiting in the wings backstage for us, um, Zibby Owens, who is an author, now brand new publisher, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. As the CEO and founder of Moms Don't Have Time to, Zibby has formed a media company that includes multiple podcasts and publications like Moms Don't Have Have Time to Write. She's also the CEO, co-founder, and reader-in-chief of Zibby Books, which is a brand new publishing home for fiction and memoir. Named NYC's most powerful bookfluencer by New York Magazine's Vulture, Zibby is a regular contributor to Good Morning America Online, and she also writes for The Washington Post, Parents, Slate, and Medium. She also regularly recommends books on TV and has been featured on CBS This Morning and Good Morning America. As if that is not enough, she is also the editor of the award-winning anthology, 
Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology, the upcoming anthology, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids, and the upcoming children's book, and I love this title, Princess Charming, and also an upcoming memoir, which I cannot wait to read. She currently lives in New York with her husband and four children. All right, Sean, let's welcome Zibby. Hi, Zibby. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you. Sorry, little like typo there. Um, Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids is out now. It came out yesterday. It did. It did. Um, Here. So exciting. Um, It's so beautiful. I have it right here. Yep. (laughs) And I'm so honored that I got to have an essay in it. And so it's just been a really fun celebration and so exciting. So thanks, Debbie, for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We're super excited to have you. Okay, so we know there's a new book out and we're going to be getting to that. But we have to know very first thing about your new publishing house, which is also huge news. We want all the details. I mean, seriously, moms don't have time to, but you had time to launch a publishing house. That's amazing. It's incredible. And and as a a mom of a five-year-old who doesn't even have time to brush my teeth some days, I feel like I stand in awe. So that is incredible. And I'm wondering how you got the idea, how long this has been in the works, and how is it going to be different from the traditional publishing model? Um. As a tired mom, I might not even remember all those questions in a row. So you might have to throw me. Um, let's see. It's been in the Zibby Books has been in the works for a little while. I almost started it a year ago, um, but I just wasn't quite ready. And now I have even more experience with uh, the three different publishers who are publishing my books and have learned, you know, some of the things that I thought worked really well, what could be improved. I've talked to 900 plus authors on my podcast. Moms don't have time to read books. And a lot of feedback from the authors was fairly consistent. Um, there were some areas that are too difficult, I think, for a big established company to pivot and address. And I wanted to just start it over. Like, what would it look like if I could do it my way? Um, And I admit it is somewhat delusional that I think I can pull this off. But you know what? I am going to try. And I am partnering with Lee Newman, who's amazing. She has um, started, she started Black Balloon, which became Catapult. Uh, She was the Oprah Book Club uh, online editor for many years. And so she really knows the publishing industry. And Massetti is our publisher. She has been in the publishing industry for 25, 30 years. So I do have people behind me or standing next to me rather, you know, on the team who uh, know the business. But I think it's also really valuable that I'm just coming in and being like, well, why not? I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to do it that way. Um, So yeah, I can't do everything I want to do. Um, They do rein me in from time to time, but uh, we've already acquired nine books and um, it's just really exciting. Um, The best part for me is being able to be like, you should write a book, which I've said 8,000 times. I, f- I should have like called my podcast, You Should Write a Book. But anyway, I mean, well, no, because <laughs> those people have. I should like have a side hustle or something. <laughs> anyway, I say that to everybody, not everybody, but there's so many great stories out there. And yeah. some people I've sort of been following for years, like, what's up? What's with your writing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. finally like, well, can't I do this? Like, what if? What if I tried this? Um, so it was kind of a pipe dream. And then I don't know. I just... 
I was just like, I have to do this and I'm just going to try it. It's awesome. So I'm trying it and um, I have so many ideas and we are basically systematically going through each area of publishing and finding a way to spin it so that it creates a sense of community. It empowers authors. It puts them at the center of everything, um, inspires readers, connects moms and everybody. So um, I feel very mission driven about the whole enterprise and so everybody in the company, which I can't even really call a company. I mean, there are 15 of us, but you know, we're on like Zoom everywhere. Like, could someone just come to my house and pretend it's an office, please? I know. Um, but we're all like super excited because what we're doing is important and I feel like it's going to make changes. And I'm hoping that some of even the littlest things that we do can get adopted um, by other people. I don't know. So it's just like a culture shift and... Um, I'm really fired up about it. So do I have time? I definitely do not have time for this. Um, there have been a lot of tears. I have had some regrets, and, but, I, but I'm but i pushing through and I'm like, wow, this takes a lot more time. To be honest, it's the management of the other people that takes the most time and yeah. like figuring out the structure of running a whole business. So, um, but you know, I missed a parent-teacher conference the other day. I'm just not doing it all perfectly, yeah. but I'm yeah. just- no. It's good to hear you say that in a way though, because I, I feel like that kind of gets to the heart of, you know, what you're all, what you're often talking about is that it's difficult. You know, we, we can't do it all. We don't have time for everything. So, um, and all we can do is our best. So this is all very exciting. I'm so excited to see how it'll change the publishing world. Can you give us any um, inside scoop on some of the first books you have coming up? Sure. Yes. Um, let's see. We have um, we have a memoir by a woman named Maria D'Angelo, who is an Afro-Cuban woman who immigrated to the United States as a child, and by the way, became my Soul Cycle instructor. But that's not her whole story. Her most of her story <laughs> is that she went to Juilliard. She's an, an amazing musician. She works at J.P. Morgan. She was a lawyer. She has this whole thing. Oh, this was like her wow. little, um, you know, side business uh, where I got to know her. But she has the most amazing story ever and is awesome. so soulful and just, oh my gosh, people just like hang on her every word. So I was like, you should write a book. So she's writing a book. Um, another woman writing a book is Shoshana Lonstein Bruce, who founded Shoshana, the clothing line, which I yeah. love because it is so flattering for even this old non-working out, you know, middle-aged <laughs> body over here. So anyway, I love her for that. Um, but her story, in addition to just being this sort of badass entrepreneur mom herself, is that her family has the most amazing Holocaust survival story. It is against all odds that she even exists. Um, and I was like, we have to, you have to tell that story. So that's another one. Um, let's see, we have a novel uh, that takes place in the male dominated wine industry about two best friends who start their own wine business. Um, that's awesome. One centered on gardening, uh, the gardens and like a gardening tour. Um, one is a, um, a psychological look into um, a psychologist's life and his long-term marriage when suddenly a new patient comes in and throws everything into question. Um, oh, love but, that one. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Really good. Um, what else? Uh, a mother daughter story about a, uh, the daughter is a aspiring dancer and the mother's an alcoholic. And it's about how the two of them sort of sort through their issues and, 
love and, you know, find a path forward. Oh, there's a great one called the 40 year old intern about um, a 38 year old mom of twins and CEO running this consulting company who just like wasn't super satisfied with her life. It's hilarious. She gets a series of internships. Um, throughout the year. It was supposed to be this perfect year, 2020. So she got in a few and then of course had to pivot to online internships. So next thing you know, she's like quarantining in Scotland, interning for this like 80s pop aerobics company. I mean, it is so hilarious. Yeah. So that's great. Um, And then these sound so good. So good. So good. Oh, great. Keep going. There's just one. There's just one more I wanted to plug before I forgot it. Um, uh, There's one by a trauma therapist who Mm. was traumatized herself when her mother died suddenly on vacation. And so she ended up going to the hospital where she used to refer all her patients. Um, so that's another really good one. I don't know. They're all like so so good. I forgot one or two, but anyway, those are some of the books. Wow. I mean, that was really, you're really diving in. That's Oh, oh, there's another one. Sorry. There's another one by a school (laughs) librarian, um, called the anxiety library and it's going to be A to Z all the, um, each chapter will be A to Z, like A for anxiety, Z for Zoloft. And it's about her story with anxiety, um, as a librarian. Such clever books. I'm, I know. I can't wait to read all of them. That's yeah. Amazing. Okay, Zibby. Now you have to tell us about the new book. Yours. Out your book. <laughs> Moms don't have time to have kids. That is a hilarious, amazing title, by the way. Thank you. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about the book, and then can you tell us how did you go about choosing the authors to write for this one? For instance. Our own, I don't know, Christy Woodson Harvey. <laughs> um, it was a mishmash of reasons why we picked these authors. Um, some had to do with the titles. So, okay, let me back up. There are five sections of the book based on things moms don't have time to do. I could have done like, I can do a thousand anthologies based on the things moms don't have time to do. I'm trying to ratchet it back to just a couple of the most relevant topics. So this one is moms don't have time to sleep, see friends, get sick, lose weight and write. Um, So there were authors I had in mind for each of the sections, given the stories I already knew about them. All of them had already been on my podcast. I already had some sort of connection or knew something about them or wanted to hear more. So that's how I started. I started going through that. I worked on this book with Carolyn Murnick, who edited all the essays. She had some ideas, too, about who to reach out to. And then it was also people who I happened to be interviewing that week. (laughs) Like I don't know. Um, So it was it was. um, a mix of all different reasons, but the the guiding part was just people I was really excited to hear more from, uh, because this personal essay format is my favorite to read and short enough that you can read one before bed and not fall asleep. Uh, you can feel yeah. like you've accomplished something by reading one, and I knew that these authors um, could could pull that off successfully. Yeah, Christy probably wrote hers on her Peloton. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is actually not true, but thanks. Thanks. <laughs> there actually is an essay in here by a man named Richie Jackson called Peloton and on and on about his experience with his bike. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the play on Peloton there and yeah. on and on. Oh, that's fantastic. Great love affair. I love Christie's essay though. Christie's was one of my favorites. You know, I was like crying when I read it about her yeah. like grandfather. And you know, it's so funny because I don't even know if you know this, Zibby, because when Car- I talked to Carolyn and I pitched her something completely different. 
And she was like, yeah, I don't, I was gonna say, you probably didn't even know this. I probably like ruined the whole book and like everyone had to shift around. But um, I just, I had this (laughs) idea for an essay and I sat down to start writing. And for some reason, like like, this story is what came out. And it was this story about, you know, my grandfather and um, this sort of token that he used to sort of give out. And anyway, it's just, y'all have to read it. um, But it's one of my favorite essays I've ever written. But when I sat down to write it, it's just what came out. And I called Carolyn and I was like, "Um, I wrote something completely entirely different than what I was going to write. It's not even the same section of the book. (laughs) And she was like, well, send it to me and let me see. And so I sent it to her and she was like, yes, great. That's it. So um, yeah. So you just, you know, you never know what's going to come out. And I think especially when we're telling like really personal stories about our lives, you know, you just, sometimes something will just hit you in a different way. And, um, but I loved being a part of it. I'm so excited about it. And, um, my grandmother, uh, my grandfather passed away, um, just a little over two years ago. And so, um, that was, you know, definitely a part of the story is the first holiday season without him and, um, sort of this sign that I felt like he left for me. Um, but it was my grandmother. I saw her today and, um, she's 95 and, you know, to get to tell her that, you know, this essay about him had come out in this book today. And, um, she was so excited and to get to read it to her. And it's really great. So, so no, thank I you. For I, I have to tell you, and this is related to your sign. I've since, yeah. uh, since you've written this essay, I interviewed a woman named Laura Lynn Jackson, who's like a famous medium who wrote a book called signs. I don't know if you know of her work or anything. Anyway, she came on my podcast and I was telling her about different signs and we were talking about, you know, examples of things like yours. And, um, and in, in my talk with her, she's like, I can, you know, I can channel people whenever. And she's like, well, actually, you know, your grandmother just came in. I was super close to my grandmother, Goggy. I think that's why I related. That's my mom. Goggy. Goggy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Anyway, she said, well, she's being a little pushy about it, but she's here and uh, she's taking a lot of credit for your writing. And, you know, she, you know, she wanted you to know you didn't feel bad that you didn't get to say goodbye because it was during COVID and I couldn't. And she said, she's here today because it's a special anniversary. And I was like, no, it's it's really not. She's like, well, she's saying it is. And I was like, no. So anyway, we get off the thing and I go downstairs and there's a package waiting for me. And it, my mother had dropped off my grandmother's ashes. Uh-huh. <gasps> oh, my God. Crazy, right? I don't even know why I'm telling you the story right now. That was not my intention. That's but anyway. Crazy. Yes. I mean. No, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, you just never know. I mean, something sort of similar happened to me. I was on an airplane one time and sat beside this woman who said she was a psychic medium and she like had all these people for me and it was super bizarre, but yeah, you just I never know. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm being converted. I, anyway, agree. I, I, say, I completely you believe that. your essay, Christy. I yes. now I'm just like hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I really think it was real. So y'all have to go get the book and read the essay so you can find out what happened. <laughs> I think too, when we sit down sometimes to write an essay and we have in our mind what we want to write about, and then because it's personal, it shifts so dramatically. All of us with these parade essays, we've sat down, said we were going to write about one thing and dove into something else altogether. So I want to read every essay in that book, Zibby. So we are all jugglers, not that kind, life jugglers here. On this screen, trying to balance podcasts and web shows and writing and families and kids and grandkids and side gigs. And God forbid we have a social life (laughs) and God help us if we get one. 
and I have been balanced <laughs> and I've also fallen off the tightrope. And I've always thought that once my kids were grown and out of the house, I would have it together and it would get easier, but it isn't. And it never is. And here on Friends in Fiction, they see all of us put together and also so frazzled that we <laughs> didn't brush our hair. But you, Zibby, have been just as transparent on social media about how it isn't always easy. And you are really wonderful at letting us into the backstory of your tough days, which is very inspiring. But you keep going and... We want to know what inspires you and how do you keep going when it seems like that tightrope we're falling off on one side or the other or the world is spinning and we can't get our center. What inspires you and keeps you in the middle grounds? That's a great question. And by the way, I think you should write a book or an essay called Grandkids and Side Gigs. Like, that's such a great title. <laughs> I can do that. That's Just for write sure. That write it for moms that have time to write. Or something. I got it. I'm okay. on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> what inspires me to not fall off the wagon? I mean, um, look, I, I don't have, I don't really have a choice. I have four kids and I am... You know, I have a podcast that I'm really passionate about. I have to show up for people every day emotionally and be prepared. And I don't have a choice. It's on my calendar. I wake up every day. I'm like, what do I have to do today? What do I have to do? You know, like, what am yeah. I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I mean that every day I have to handle it differently and I don't get everything done every day. And, you know, some days I'm dealing with the podcast. Some days I'm dealing with Zibby books or a little of everything. And, you know, then I'm doing like a high school interview for one of my kids and, parent teacher conference and therapy. I don't know. I'm all, it's like all over the place. Um, and I also think that underneath it all is, is that I'm really, I know my brand is a lot about, you know, mom's not having time and, and, you know, a mother's right to sanity, which is sort of how I started this whole thing off. Um, but it's also about the race to make the time that we do have worthwhile. Um, yes. I've had like a lot of loss yeah. in my life from an early age and I am, I, I sort of keep that ticking clock very close to my everyday life. So yeah. I feel as though I'm always racing against time to get everything done all the time. And I have to yeah. fit it all in because at any moment, that's it. So that's sort of how I am propelled by this like motor that doesn't let me slow down. Is yeah. there someone or something or something you return to again and again that inspires you, that keeps you going? I don't know whether it's a book or a person or a, a theory or a, I don't know. Is there something that's kind of a touch point that inspires you that when you're in the middle of the chaos, you say this? Um. I usually, my sort of mantra, if you will, is, there we don't, go, yeah. is uh, don't miss the plot. Oh, Ooh, love it. That. So that's what I try to remind myself when I get totally caught up in the stress of little things or I'm panicked about this, that, or the other, or my kids, or I can't get them to sleep, or, you know, it's just one of the many, many things. Um, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to like leave this zoom on, go downstairs and have like a five minute dance party with my kids because yeah. that's what it's all about. And that's my time and that's what I have to do. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't do it 
particularly well, but I, every day I just try to do it better and um, be more efficient. I'm super focused and being efficient with my time and not wasting time on things. Um, so, you know, I basically prioritized my kids and my husband, although <laughs> he's been filming a movie since early September. So I guess I have a lot more time right now. Um, he's <laughs> not here, but um, I prioritize my kids and all my work stuff. And because my work stuff is so emotionally fulfilling, um, I don't, I, I, you know, I just haven't been doing other things like seeing friends or, you know, going out to dinner or yeah. like, I'm just not do. I'm going to parties. I'm almost never doing any of that stuff anymore. I'm just like hyper-focused yeah. right now. And I, I don't know, maybe, you know, every so often I, I burn out a little bit and then I crash and I sleep for like 12 hours and then I'm good. I don't need that much. Sleep <laughs> room, but um, I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. Well, that, I love the returning to the mantra. That's great. There's like, I love that one still spot in a turning world that you can, I love that. Thanks, Zibby. That was perfect. Love that. No one. And I want to remind everybody out there, um, we're going to take live questions for Zibby in just a minute. And I already see a bunch coming in, but if you have a live question for her, feel free feel free to drop it um, in the comments and we will hopefully get to a lot of them for her. Um, but Zibby, there were so many things that you just said that I like want to comment on that are all like swirling around in yeah. my head. Um, but I, I do think, and we've said this a lot about friends and fiction and about our lives that, you know, you sort of hit on this about how we created a new life during COVID mm-hmm. and then yeah. the world is opening back up again. And it's like, how do you juggle, you know, the new life that you created for yourself with the old life that you're now going back to. And so that really resonated, I think probably with all of us, because, um, you know, that is something that happens. Like we were used to being at home all the time and then social events are starting again and we're back on tour and, you know, all these things. So it, um, it's very different, but it reminded me, I got to meet you in 2019 at, um, the, uh, East Hampton authors night, which was so fun. And I mean, I of course knew who you were and I knew your podcast. I was so excited when I saw you and you had your iPad and your mic and you were walking around and your t-shirt. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I feel like I sort of like stalked you and probably like twisted your arm into like talking to me. I mean, it was really great. Um, and so I was so glad to meet you, but I feel like the last two years for you and maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm an outsider, you know, looking in, but I feel like everything has just exploded for you. And sometimes I think when that happens and all of a sudden all these incredible things are happening, um, it feels like it all just happened, you know, and there was no, um, to the out to outsiders looking in, but I feel like this is something that you've worked on so long and for, and so hard. And so how did this idea begin? And then, you know, how, can you tell us a little bit about the transition of, you know, moms don't have time to read books and where this idea came from and, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, Yeah, it still has been all in a very tight timeline. I started the podcast in March of 2018. um, And yes, the last two years, this has been such a wild ride and was never my, like, this wasn't my plan. Um, It started, I have been 
I love to write. So I started my first article I wrote when I was 14 in Seventeen Magazine. I've been freelancing ever since. Um, I started writing a lot more after I got divorced about six, seven years ago, something like that. Um, and I had all this time when I didn't have my kids. And I started reading a lot more and writing a lot more. And I fell in love with someone. And I got so inspired, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had all these essays. And my the man who's now my husband, Kyle, said, you know, you should take all these essays and put them into a book. And I said, oh, mom's not time to read books. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. I'm going to call that the name. Of, that's cool. That'll be the name of my book. And meanwhile, I was writing these essays, like sitting right here at this desk. And like, I would post them on Medium and I would get like, I don't know, like 83 people reading them. And I'd be like, I know this essay could help more people, but I don't know how to find yeah. the people. And I was so frustrated. Yeah. Not that like, I wasn't yeah. getting a claim for the essay, but just like, I had this one essay I wrote for like years, four years ago, maybe. And it was called like too lucky to cry on Easter because I was literally like sitting in the bathroom sobbing. And here I am wow. in this like beautiful apartment with like my beautiful kids. And like, you know, what's wrong with me that like, I am so lucky. I'm so blessed in so many ways. And yet I can still be like so debilitatingly upset and like having such a hard time and, you know, dropping them at my mom's literally like wearing my bathroom. And it was not a good day. Anyway, I'll just say, um, I just had a feeling that there were other people who were crying on the bathroom floor that day. And I wanted to tell them that like, it was okay. And like, I get it. And I've been there and you've been there too. Anyway, like no one read it. And it was just, I just kept being so frustrated. So, um, anyway, I met with a few agents and they didn't think that would be a funny book at all to publishers. So, uh, this one agent, said, you know, you don't really have a platform and what other books do you have in you? Blah, blah, blah. And then a friend suggested that I start a podcast and I was like, well, what's a podcast? Why would I do that? Like, I like to write. I don't, what, you know, I, I've never aspired to having any sort of like public facing anything. Like anyway, um, I just really wanted to write and I wanted to write a memoir. I've been writing and rewriting this memoir since I was graduated from business school during which time my best friend died on 9-11 and was super traumatic. She had been my roommate all through college and after college until I went to school. And um, I had another series of losses all of that year. And I just like had a story I really needed to tell. And I just, that's really my motivation. <laughs> anyway, so then I just decided to try it. I was like, I'll just try. I'll, I don't know. I'll just try interviewing other authors. Um, I'll see how it works. And I did it. I didn't announce it. I wasn't on social media. I just was like, let me see how it goes. And I sat here with my friend from business school, Lee Carpenter, who's also who, who's also a novelist. And literally, I turned on the mic and we had this talk. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I awesome. loved it. I got to know more things about Lee than I'd ever. You might, you guys must find this all the time. You're interviewing yeah. people all the time. Like, And I'm like, this is my friend, right? Imagine, I should probably do this with like my husband and see what happens, you know, <laughs> or interviewing, interviewing like people I know better. But um, anyway, I just realized I loved it more than anything. And um, um, it, yeah, I got, I don't know. It's just yeah. like taken off from there in all these different ways. And um, I try things, not everything works. I keep sensing all the opportunities of what's next. Like I can kind of always feel like, okay, I'm building towards this or this is the next idea. And I wonder how and when I'll get there, but I know I'm going to get there somehow. And um, what what else can I do? And I just keep testing and pivoting and, um, you know, not being afraid. And like, why not? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's a really, really great answer. Okay. This one is super quick, but um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like what's next for you? What do you... 
What do you want to do? <sighs> 10 years. I'm going to be so tired. <laughs> yes yes you are oh my god I, yes, you are. I mean i don't think i can keep up this pace for 10 years um oh my gosh uh, we're here to tell you that's true yeah I don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, we are your future. Yeah. I know when you said like it never gets easier. I was like, really? Great. That's really yeah. um, thank you, Patty. You're uh, welcome. I'm here for you, Diddy. I'm here for you. I'm here with the bullets of truth. Just take them. <laughs> um in 10 years. Um well, I would like, I guess, to have really made a difference in a lot of people's lives. I'd like yeah. to have discovered a lot of new talent and published some amazing books and have people who are like, wow, if that hadn't happened, like my life would be so different. Like I'm, I'm excited for more of those stories or yeah. this helped me in this way. So I'm hoping for more opportunities like that. Um, my own memoir is coming out this summer, which I'm really excited about. It's called Booked, a memoir. Um, and I'm excited to have that out and about and see what that's like. Um, maybe write more books myself. Um, and I'm, you know, maybe something with TV. I don't know. Maybe there's some show or something. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just going to, like, I don't know. Every day I have these ideas. I don't know. Today I was like, I want to start like a, big like TV guide type website, you know, like the thing on the TV for all the shows, like of all the author events everywhere in the world. Like, so Ooh, that you I can love just, like, that. Love that. Right. We like, are really we into that, that idea. Yeah. Maybe we can partner and do it together or something. I was going to say. Yes. Cause I, I want to be able to like go to LA for the weekend and be like, Oh, here I am in LA. Like what book events are going on? Or, or say like, you know, I love, um, you know, I love Patty. I want to see wherever she Where is. Where's she going to be? Yeah, what's yeah. her what's her every move? Or like, oh, I'm really in the mood to hear Danny Shapiro this weekend. Where's she? What's she up to? So, oh my gosh, um, I love that. Yes. Oh my god, and, and like, what if you have it linked? So like, if you like Patty, you can find yes. people who are like who are similar to Patty who you also That's might a great be interested idea. in. I had not thought of that. In case took a day off, yeah, you could Patty find, <laughs> you Patty, find people who are Patty adjacent. Yeah, yeah, but Patty, in light of this, or, you'll be touring every day now, forever. <laughs> or you can, and you can have it stored there too. So like you could have like the on-demand yeah. section, like of the past <gasps> events. Genius. And then you could have the upcoming events and like the live events right now. Um, like, why don't we have that? Why don't we have that? Yeah. Well, let's do it. I love it. I love it. I love that idea. I'm really it's in needed. On that. It's needed. I also want to start like something called like slushpile.com or something because there are so many manuscripts for getting pitched that are great, but they're not like what we want to do. So instead of people having to like trot their manuscripts to all the different publishers yes. and get rejected and wait and wait and wait, like what if there was a site where you could have everybody's pitch and comps and, you know, like this little spreadsheet that we have for our submissions, like why can't that be a public thing so publishers can come to that? I love it. Smart. Firing. Firing on all. I mean, I probably won't. I don't know if I'll do. These are just like little things. Like, you know, they're not even on my, you know. And then I, because like I wanted to start um, so I have time to travel. Like I have a whole travel partnership line thing that I would like to do, but I don't have the bandwidth to do now. And I just have like all these different shopping and I I don't know. There's just so many. So I have to 
my, my challenge is staying focused enough on what I'm doing uh-huh. right now and making sure I'm doing a good enough job on that and not like starting to do a million other things. That's, that's yeah. my challenge. Well, when we all get together, we do the same thing. Let's do this huge project. Let's yep. do this huge project. Let's do this anthology. And then we have to say, we have a book due. You right, know, exactly. Or we have like, there's, yeah. you got to bring it back in, but there's, and once the ideas start, they just like, it's like wave on wave. They give birth to more ideas and you just get so excited, but yes. you can't do it all. Oh, yeah, we can't. <laughs> Moms can't do it all. There you go. I think we need, this is really simple and someone could do this in like 10 minutes. It's smarter than I am, but I think we need an app where we can sign people's eBooks. You know, like so many people say like, well, I got that on eBook, but I really wish it was signed. Like we need to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. So Zibby, could you put that on your list, please? (laughs) Another thing I'd like to invent that I haven't figured out the solution to has nothing to do with what we're talking about is, and I was talking to girlfriends last night at my book party, but like, how do you remember if you've taken your pill in the morning or not? (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want to take two. No, I don't want to take it twice. But you don't want to take zero. But I don't want to take none. (laughs) How do, how do you know? Where's like, what, you know, so now I say to myself, like, if my, like I'm going to brush my teeth and take my pill every day, I'm going to do the same. So sometimes then I'm like, I don't even know if I've brushed my teeth. So then I have to feel my pill. <laughs> yeah, that's my life. That's my life. Then I hold, up it, I hold up my deodorant and say, did I use this? Right. So I just yes. do it again. I just do same. it again. Yeah. Same. When did I, mean, I, I do that? I, do I washed my hair. When was that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was like so proud that we were so on track and we had so many live questions. Okay, Mary Kate, just ask us like one quick live <laughs> okay. question. Yeah. Okay. Allison okay. Hammer wants to know how many books you read in a year, Zibby, or in a month. Hi Allison. Oh, love Allison. Hi Allison. Hi Allison. Hi, Allison. Well, I tend to cover about eight books a week. So I don't read them all start to finish. I but I do read big chunks of every book. Um, So start to finish, how many do I read in a month? I don't know, probably like six to eight. Good lord, to finish, but I probably don't finish the rest. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, Patty? Do you want to do a super one? Okay, let me see here. New writing tip, maybe. No, let's go straight to our writing tip. So, Zibby, if you end up having time, get it. it. Okay. Um, We have so many great questions for you. So maybe if you get a second or two, stop by the Facebook page um, because people have questions. But we would love a writing tip from you because you are running all these businesses, but you're still writing. So what is a writing tip you would give to someone out there who's trying to write an essay or start something new? What would you say? Um, what would I say? Um, oh my gosh, I have so many different pieces of advice and I don't, um, I don't know. I would say, you know, it, writing doesn't have to be this elaborate affair where you like, you know, go to a coffee shop with the perfect music and you have hours free and whatever, you know, writing can look and feel like a lot of different things. And I consider my Instagram posts writing. That's writing to me. Yeah. I try to do it every day and it's a habit and it makes me a better writer in the end. And it's not too formal, but whatever. It's how I can fit it in right now in my life. That's awesome. Just fit it in, fit in, whatever. Just fit it in. I love that. And I'm going to cheat because Laura Rossi has a question. 
Hi, she Laura. said, will, hi, Laura, will there be a third anthology? I don't know. I don't have plans yet, <clears throat> um, okay. but who knows? I'm not ruling it out. Okay, great. She awesome. wants to know if she'll be working on another anthology. When we see Laura, we're all like, hey, hey like, Laura. Please, no, no, Zippy, don't do it. That's awesome. Uh, Save me. Zippy, we always love to hear what our guests are reading to you, and especially you. It just sounds like you really have your finger on the pulse of um, of what's going on in the book world right now. Is there something that's out soon or has come out recently that you would recommend? Um, there's a book. I just went to my friend's book party tonight. It's called The Last Season, and it's a oh, historical like fiction romance. Um, yeah, it's it's very juicy. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I will before I interview them next week. Um, but it's about uh, a woman living on a manor who sort of takes up with one of the farm boys and what happens when their worlds collide. And it involves a lot of history and backstory. And anyway, it's like all, I can't wait to read this book. Um, it's by Danielle Ferris, Mafood and Jenny Heath, and it's called the last season. So anybody who Great loves title. that genre, um, just from the beginning, I was like, oh, this will be fun. This is going to be great. Awesome. Okay, read, read that one. This sounds great. Yeah. Great title. Awesome. Okay. Well, everyone and Zibby, stick around. We have a couple of announcements, and we have one more thing to ask Zibby about, and then we're going to let her go get back to her very, very busy launch week. Okay. Is this where I talk about the podcast? It this is. is. This is it. This is it. This is it, Mary Kay. You go for it. Don't I get my turn. Yay. Okay. We want to remind all of you out there to check our Friends in Fiction Writer's Block podcast. We will always post links under announcements each time a new one drops. It's a lot of fun and it's totally different from this show. And so if you like hanging out with us here, we know you'll love being with there with us there every Friday. This past week, Ron talked to Jenna Blum about Woodrow on the bench. It's a dog story. Uh, and this week, Ron and Kristen talked to James Pawnee and Sarah Mlanowski. Yeah. Did I do that right, Mlanowski? Yeah. About, being middle grade series, about being middle grade series authors. Yeah, that was such a fun Sarah, one. I adore that. Sarah, Sarah Mlanowski is who told me to start a podcast. No kidding. Sarah, it comes full circle. Oh yeah, she's a, Sarah, she's a really good friend of mine. Yeah. I Sarah blurbed my very first book all the way back in 2006. I've known her since 2004. That's so funny. Oh <laughs> That's awesome. I actually oh. think I might be seeing her in LA tomorrow or the next day, which is crazy. But anyhow. Oh, if you're going to be in LA, come to my, I'm having a party in LA this weekend. You should come. If you're, oh, see, it's already I, working. The website I situation, know. it's already happening. Okay, Zippy, we're connected offline, but I, I don't okay. think. I'm, I'm leaving Saturday morning, but we'll, we'll oh, connect. Okay. We'll connect. Never mind. That sounds great. Okay. Oh, well. Thank you. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you for asking. All right. Sure. If you are not hanging out with us yet in the Friends and Fiction Official Book Club, you are missing out. The group, which is separate from us and is run by our friends, Lisa Harrison and Brenda Gardner, is now more than 9,000, almost 10,000 strong. So this month they're discussing Once Upon a Wardrobe by Patty, which they will be chatting with her about on November 15th. I cannot wait um, because this is when we get to talk about dive into the book and not just give hints like we do on public. Yes, it's a true book exactly. club. So yeah, we get no. to talk about it. And next week, right here at 7 p.m., we will welcome Armando Lucas Correa of Finding Emma. 
and Catherine Ray of the London House, which just came out yesterday. Then in two weeks, I'm so excited about this. We're celebrating Thanksgiving with Vivian Howard, y'all. Vivian Howard. And if you are ever wondering about our schedule, it's always on the Friends and Fiction website. And the fall schedule is on our Facebook banner. Zibby and Vivian remind me of each other. Vivian's the same. Yeah. That she has all these ideas all the time. And she's always like, okay, I've got to like rein it in and like get this one done. But this is like, it's really funny. Like you guys would like rule the world. Um, but awesome. also, last announcement. Did you know that you can find us streaming on a bl- brand new platform called Loco Plus? You can also catch our live episodes each week or any episode you might have missed on our YouTube channel. Just type Friends and Fiction in the search bar. And so, Zibby, we have one last question for you, and then we're going to let you go. Um, but this is something that gives us so much insight into our guests and their reading habits. What were the values around reading and writing growing up in your house? That's it, My parents read all the time. They still read all the time. My dad has stacks and stacks of books on the floor all the way around his desk. My mother always every afternoon would have time like on her bed reading a book. It was just what we did. We spent the weekends going to the library, loading up the tote bags, bringing them home, returning them. Um, It was just something that we all loved and did a lot. It's amazing. It's awesome. It shows. Well, we thank you so much for visiting us tonight, Zibby. We're so excited. You guys, just a reminder, um, you can pick up Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids at your local bookstore. You can shop our bookshop.org page, order it wherever you get your books. It's a great holiday gift. Um, I love this book. I read most of the essays in it. And as Zibby mentioned, if you are super busy and you do not have a lot of time, you can just read an essay. And I really feel like they, um, there were so many that I read that I was like, oh my gosh, I so, I feel like really seen and like understood. Yeah. And, this essay. and I think um, they shine a light on so many of the things that moms are dealing with in real life um, in our lives right now. So thank you, Zibby. Thanks for sharing your time with us and congratulations. And we're congrats. so excited about the book. Thank you. I'm so impressed by all that you guys are doing. It's really, really awesome. You too, Zibby. You too. You too. You too. Thank <laughs> Good night. Good night to me. Well, you guys, tonight we are actually going to skip out on our after show. We've all been on the road and are still on the road and have a lot of that we're we're all hungry is like the real thing. We're hungry is actually what's actually happening. But, um, so we will not have an after show tonight, but don't forget to come back next week, same time, same place, as we welcome Armando Lucas Correa and Catherine Ray. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Congratulations, Christy. Thank you for tuning in. You can join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.